Hello everyone, welcome to episode 102 of Twice About Podcast. Coming up today, we return once again to Doctor Who Series 8 to discuss Time Heist. The TARDIS Cloister Bell. Imminent disaster. The Cloister Bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the Cloister Bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The Cloister Bell? Oh, no. So, hello, everyone, and hello, Liam. How are you doing? Hi, Rob. Hi, everyone. I'm doing very well, thanks. And you? Eh, not bad. (laughs) Not bad. Do you mean that in the typical uh, British way of not bad, basically going, yeah, everything's pretty fantastic, but, you know, being English, it's like we've got to downplay it. Not bad. Or Um, is it, I'm okay... Stuff's happening. Things well, could be better. Things could be better. Oh. So I had two days off work, which I thought this is going to be great. I'll mm-hmm. just relax. Yeah. Uh, the first day, I had to fix a leak because. Right. So I was in the shower and it started leaking in the kitchen below. Mm-hmm. So I ended up cutting a massive hole in the kitchen, uh, repairing what I thought was the leak. Going out to B&Q, getting loads of plasterboard and wood, sealing it all back up. And then I'm in the shower again today, and of course, it starts leaking again. Oh, God. So I take it all down. Uh-huh. Uh, I found where this other leak was coming from, mm-hmm. and basically had to, had to go and fix that and patch up the ceiling again. So that was my two days off work. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Rob, that does sound, uh, that does sound pretty crap. Yeah, yeah, so not too bad. Things could be just better. Just my luck. Yeah, totally understand. How you been? <laughs> ah, pretty fantastic. Can't really, can't really complain. Um, just been cracking on with work, but it's been quite nice. Uh, being able to catch up with um, uh, quite a few mates recently. One of whom I haven't seen in about three years. Because every single time that we've um, tried to catch up with them. Uh, so that you know he's really busy and all the rest of it. Uh, but fin- finally, finally, he was free. Coincidentally, it was at a time when uh, when his wife and uh, daughter were were um, up with the in laws. Uh, <laughs> strangely, he was free. So could meet up. We all met up. Went for a meal. So that was quite nice. Um, been getting uh, my weekly Bond fix at the cinema. Oh, um, yes. So at the time of recording, um, the latest movie that I saw was The Man with the Golden Gun. Not one of the best Bonds, but, you know, still pretty entertaining and enjoyable. Um, been uh, watching films at home as well. Um, recently, I watched the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which I think still holds up and is a really good film. Um, and trying to get back on top of reading, because for the last few weeks, I haven't really been bothering. That's been quite nice. So that, that's that been... Uh, that's been me. So, yeah. Pretty good all round. Sounds really good. Mm. Yeah. Was it a good turnout for the Bond films? Or is it kind yeah, of it seems to be... dwindle. No, no, it's actually picking up every every week. Although uh, when I went to see uh, the Man with the Golden Gun, bigger turnout, including probably oh, how old would they been? Right about say sixteen, seventeen. There was like a group of sixteen, seventeen year olds. I'm going. The hell are they doing here? Do they do they know they're in for the Man with the Golden Gun? Maybe it's they walked into the wrong. Maybe on the screen, yeah. Yeah. 
but anyway, this was when uh, you know we're waiting for the movies to movie to start. It's the trailers. We've all seen them. No one's really interested. So they're like talking amongst themselves. Uh, one of them's got a phone on. It seems to intimately be playing music. But because it's just the trailers, and no one really, I'm not really bothered. But someone's went to complain. Someone's come, told them to shut up. That's put them in a bit of a bad mood. So then the movie starts. We're still in the pre-title sequence, and then um, probably like three minutes into the movie. And then they decide that they're utterly bored with it, uh, but they have to make everyone everyone aware that they're bored and that they're storming out and they slam the door. But you know what? It's just like uh, crack on. You're not going to be around long, uh, and I'm still engrossed with the movie. So hopefully, we won't get a repeat of that. But um, <laughs> so, yeah. do they have like a limited pass or something? Unlimited. What? Did they have like? Do you think they had a free pass to get in? No idea. I don't know these people. I couldn't give a toss. <laughs> um, Maybe, maybe not. Don't know. It makes sense because I mean, I mean, I don't. Th- the tickets weren't that expensive, but yeah, to like go into a movie, see three minutes, and then just promptly, yeah, pro- they probably do actually. Ah, <laughs> uh. I'm expecting a big turnout for um for the next one, The Spy Who Loved Me, because that's like one of the big, popular ones. That's cool. Have you been watching anything? I think since we last spoke. I've seen the first three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. The fourth dropped today, the day we're recording, uh, which I haven't had a chance to see. I've also started Ms. Marvel on Disney+. Plus, and I have watched ooh, season one of Peacemaker with John Cena. It was so good. you seen that? No, no, I've not even heard of it. Uh, it is a DC superhero series uh, it's a spin-off from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad uh. and it's written and directed by James Gunn uh. <laughs> you're not selling it Rob <laughs> but it's good you say yeah um, bizarre and great intro actually I'll send you the intro at some point randomly alright oh, okay yeah it's, uh, yeah it's violent and funny everything you kind of want Oh, perfect. Yeah. I've also been binge watching Sex in the City. Because, um. Yes, explain, Rob. Explain why. Why? Why have you been doing that? Well, the reboot show, I uh, gave a rewatch the other week. And then I thought, oh, what the hell? I'll just start from the beginning. So, um, in the space of a week, I've just actually. I've actually got a few episodes left on the final season to finish. You're not a fan of Sex in the City? Well, to be perfectly honest, I can't really comment on it. For I, you haven't I've even given it a chance. It. Yeah, I've never really given it a chance. Shocking. I was just being a bit of an arse before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is good. Yeah, maybe I should. I know it's got it's got Terry Hatcher in it, hasn't it? Who's Terry Hatcher? Um, <laughs> she was in. She was. Uh, she was in Tomorrow Never Dies, but she's mainly known for being in the New Adventures of Superman. You know, lower. Low... Oh right. Um, I don't know. No, she's not in it. What am I getting mixed up you're, you're with? Desperate Housewives. Oh, yes, I must be getting mixed up with that then. Yes, I am. Not yeah. the same show. <laughs> no, not the show, same show at all. Um, so, sorry, have you been watching anything? Um, I've I've watched... Um, yeah, there was a, just four episodes. It was a series called Lucy Walsley Investigates, and uh, she's an historian. And every time that she does a series, I always enjoy it. And that was a. I've watched all four episodes, so that was one where she uh, investigates um, 
you know big british uh, historical events but with a bit of it that are like a bit mysterious so one of them was about uh witches so it was like what started off the witch scare in the um 17th century uh and that was interesting and she really drills down into because uh, it all it all really kind of kicks off in scotland um and then you know drills down into the life of one woman and you actually find out um uh, a lot more information about how they were threatened actually what the the torches involved and you go it's a lot more horrific and uh, then you actually realize but you learn a lot so that was interesting uh then the second episode's on the black death but the, the the very first case of it um in the 1300s so that was interesting and then it was uh, the princes in the tower and then the final episode which i personally i find the uh, found the most interesting was about king george iii and his madness and uh what we think it is um because for a long time it was thought that it was a condition called porphyria but actually uh it's believed that he suffered from what we now call manic depression and it it stems from the fact that his two youngest uh children who you know cause, uh, whom he loved dearly died about the around about the age of four mm-hmm. and obviously that that triggered off his depression and that seems to be the the, the trigger point so you're kind of drilling there but it was also um how what started to happen around about that period because of all this was attitude towards mental health um so yeah that was interesting so i've watched that and i think other than the films that i mentioned uh i've been watching that's been it really oh what's that on a series <clears throat> oh uh that was uh bbc so you'll be able oh, to right. catch it on the uh, on iplayer oh great uh, i don't think i've got much that i'm due to watch like i say i, I think obi-wan's got maybe one episode left after today's and um yeah just started ms marvel so I think that's on for maybe six or eight weeks. Right. Oh, um, I did open a chat room on our website. Oh, right, okay. I don't know, just for the, the just for the crack. <laughs> Anyone chatted yet? Uh, yeah. Uh, Mark Cockrum came on. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Good. Good. Um, only logged in users can access the chat room, so anyone can register for free and create a profile. And say hello in the chat room. And I was um, on Discord. Um, Sonia's joined our patron. Oh yes, yes. In fact, hello Sonia. Th- 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 hello Sonia. This episode's actually we can dedicate this episode to Sonia because she's she's chose the subject today, which is time mm-hmm. heist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If if anyone else would like to support the podcast on Patreon, um, you can also choose an episode for us to review on the main main, uh, main podcast might as well say hello to Harry as well Liam hi Harry hi Harry well we're here before we move on is there any news that we want to talk about we haven't actually discussed any of the upcoming 60th news um, we've, we've had a bit of cast news of course um, Shuti Gatwa which we haven't even spoke about mm-hmm the casting of that, David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Yeah, and uh, we have a a casting announcement for ya- uh, Yasmin Finley uh, from. Oh, I forget the name of the show. 
but she's joining as a character called Rose. Mm-hmm. And there is some rumours about who her character is. Um, but um, I'll not go into kind of rumour spoiler territory here. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's a few more unconfirmed leaks, so to speak. Yeah, well, uh, Russell D. Davis uh, made another count- uh, uh, casting announcement recently. Is it Neil Patrick Harris, or have I just completely... Oh, yes. It? Yes. Um, um, I guess I, I'm not I'm not a biggest fan. I remember his performance in Gone Girl, actually, the, the film directed by David Fincher. Um, I know he's been in loads of other stuff, and I have seen him in other stuff, but that, for some reason, uh, that's a film that immediately comes to mind when I think of him. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what you know. Because I think it's actually a good um, cast. I mean, obviously, we'll have to see you know what part he's playing and how he performs it. But in terms of getting people, just all uh, the the not we interested, I think it's really good. You know, you've got a you know you you've got a big popular name out there, and so that's bound to drum mm. up some some interest. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be loads more casting announcements? Like other doctors and more guests. Um, I think at some point, yeah, we're likely to get uh, some further casting announcement because there might be one or two other sort of big names that may be involved. Whether it's another doctor or not, um, I'm not sure, actually. And to be perfectly honest, although if if it was announced, like, for example, Matt Smith was was going to be involved, that would really interest me. Mm. Um, what about Capaldi? Yes, that would as well because I absolutely love Peter Capaldi. Just as a, not only just in terms of uh, Doctor Who, but as a, as an actor in general. Um, so that would that would definitely get me interested. What about Joe Martin? Joe Martin. Yeah, actually, yeah. Because with all due respect to to Jodie Whittaker, who who I do who I do like as the Doctor, mm-hmm. and I think has has done a really good job with her performance. Um, I do kind of prefer Joe Martin a bit, just because she seems. Just because I think it's a. I just like how she's just a lot more stronger. Mm-hmm. That's just because of the interpretation of the character. You know that Jodie Whittaker's Doctor is completely different to the Joe Martin Doctor. So it's it. I'm. I'm not disparaging uh, Jodie Whittaker at all. It's just, it's just preference. I would, and it's kind of one of those things. Just going oh. Uh, <laughs> I would like to see more more of Joe Martin. And maybe we will in the final episode with Jodie's run. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if if that doesn't happen. And uh, um, Sasha Dewan, fantastic as the master. I think, you know, he's got to have a final showdown. Yeah. Is he in it? Is that confirmed? Yeah, I think that, I think that is confirmed. That'd be good. But I would I would love to have a scene where all three of them are in it, you know, with with those two doctors and, and him as the master, because I think in those actors and those characters, I think that that could really provide something quite, um, you know, quite strong. I would love that. Before we move on to the main review, we're going to have a quick game of let's call this soup of the day. So, <laughs> right. Sonia has told us. Her favourite soup. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get you, Liam, to guess the soup. And you're going to ask me questions and I can only say yes or no. Okay. 
We'll do that throughout throughout the night. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, I will just get. I'll just pull up the answers, as well. Because that's a bit awkward if I don't have the answers handy. All right. Oh, hang on. Wait a second, Rob. Um, I've got the window open slightly. I'm just going to close it. Hang on. Okay. Oh no, it is closed. Oh. Right. <laughs> Sorry, it was open. Right. Okay, it was random. Right. Okay. Carry on. Okay. Yep. So you can uh, you can ask yes or no questions to guess the soup. Hello and welcome to Guess That Soup. Um, I, uh, I hope we've got some uh, some wonderful cheesy game show music at this point. Um, right, so... Th- I'll insert that here. So, okay, so... Is it a vegetable soup? Yeah. I don't mean is it vegetable, I mean is it... Hang on, I'll rephrase that. You got it in one. <laughs> oh, it, <No. laughs> oh, it is vegetable soup. No, no, it's not vegetable. It's not vegetable, okay. But it is... Was that your question? Is it vegetable or is it? No, no. Sorry. Is it? Say uh, what I should have said. Is it a type of vegetable soup? Yes. Right. Uh, Is it a red vegetable? No. Uh, Oh, is it carrot soup? No. Is it pumpkin soup? No. Oh. We can choose to move on if you want. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on. We'll go through the plot for Time Heist. So, as many people are aware, Time Heist was a planned mission organised by the Avengers aimed at resurrecting the the victims of the snap by going back in time, retrieving the Infinity Stones from the alternate timelines, resulting in the final battle against the alternate Thanos. So, we'll not confuse that with what we're talking about today, which is a story from Capaldi's first season, which is Series 8. So, the Twelfth Doctor and Clara receive a mysterious phone call and find themselves in a maximum security bank. Memories wiped, clean, and two more... Sorry, not reluctant. Two more recruited strangers to accompany them. Their mission, to rob... That's me. To rob from the bank that lives up to the reputation of... impregnable but will they be able to find out what they've been recruited to steal and why before they get oh what to steal and why before they get captured i made a bit of a mess of that but never mind you get the gist um cast and crew for this one of course peter capaldi as the doctor clara jenna coleman miss delfox keely hawes Cy, jonathan bailey Sabra, Pippa Bennett Warner, and The Teller, Ross Mulan, Danny Pink, Samuel Anderson. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the main cast. Written by Steve Thompson and Stephen Moffat. Steve, Steve Thompson wrote Doctor Who stories, The Curse of the Black Spot, that was a Matt Smith one, uh, and its prequel. Uh, he also wrote Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. Oh, God, that's a stinker. Mm. Right, okay. So he's he's responsible for that one, is he? Yeah, okay. so they brought him back. I don't know what extent of the stories his or Moffat's. But, yeah. <laughs> he also it, collaborated... On, sorry, Rob. What? Is it French onion soup? No. Oh, okay. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Um, Steve Thompson also collaborated 
with Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss on the first three series of Sherlock. Before we go on to the main review, I did ask on Twitter, does anyone have any questions? You ready for some questions, Liam? Uh, yep, go on then. It, Mark Cockrum said, is there anything Rob won't dunk into a cup of tea? <laughs> that is a superb question. Yeah. So, Rob, is there anything that you wouldn't dunk in a cup of tea? I wouldn't dunk anything in a cup of tea. <laughs> but you're a famous dunker. In coffee. Did I say coffee? No, but Mark said tea. Right, yeah. So I wouldn't ever dunk anything in tea. Hang on, my brain's meddling. Hang on. Have I, what? I thought that was the question. Yeah, the question was... Wh- was is there anything I wouldn't dunk in a cup of tea? Yeah, what did I say? Um, what? What? <laughs> I think I've got. Oh, so, I don't know what the so, hell's going so, on. So, so he I'm... said, "Is there anything Rob won't dunk in a cup of tea?" Yeah. And I said, "Well, there's. I would never dunk anything in a cup of tea because I don't. I don't drink tea. Do you not? No, I drink coffee. Oh, so when we've been talking about dunking stuff. Do you always dunk like biscuits and stuff in coffee? Yeah, is that bad? Uh, I don't know. Is it? Sorry, you were right, on okay. my side until now. No, I, I right. Okay, it's just I've been. What threw me was, uh, I just assumed that we were talking about dunking stuff in tea. I've just made that assumption. Yeah. I didn't realize it was coffee. Okay. Okay. So you got nothing to say about that? You you like offended? No, no, I'm not offended. It's just, uh, it's just like, oh, so we've been talking about completely different beverages all this time. Yeah. I'm shocked. I've learned something. Um, all right, okay. A hot chocolate? You can dunk in there. No. No, I wouldn't, because there's <laughs> enough going on with it with the with the hot chocolate. You know, it's 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 chocolate. It's hot. It's all good. Yeah. What what, what could you add to the hot chocolate to improve it? Well, I mean, I suppose you cream. Well, yes, great cream, chocolate hobnob. Mm, no. Me personally, no. no. Do you squirt squirt cream straight in the mouth? <laughs> I haven't done that since I was a kid. Oh, yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> nah, whatever, Rob. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I haven't had squirty cream in years. So, oh. But to be perfectly honest, I think if I was to get it now... Uh, to it be straight that... in the mouth, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think... To... <laughs> Don't trust anyone who wouldn't yeah. even be tempted to do that. And also... Did you know you meant to wash the nozzle? No, I didn't. Well, it says it on the bottle, so on the on the tin. So you meant to pop the nozzle out, rinse it under the tap, and then put it back in the fridge. Ah, oh, okay. Um, which makes sense because otherwise it has a bit of old cream in the nozzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does make sense actually. Just a bit of a tip there. So, Matt from neither the time nor the space said. If you had to pick a six-man team from all the Doctors to appear on the Crystal Maze, who would you pick for each category of challenge? There's four categories, skill, Hmm. physical, mental, and mystery. And he's also said who would be captain and who would get locked in. So who's got the biggest skill set? Hmm. Um... Perhaps Tom Baker. 
Yeah, I was going to say Tom Baker, actually. Mm. Yeah, I do think he has the biggest skills. Yes. Who's the most physical? Mm. You've got a mixture there. You've got... Pertwee. Right, you, I think the options are... You've got John Pertwee, Peter Davison. Yeah. Um, and then David Tennant. Yeah, he runs everywhere. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be him, isn't it? Mental. I was going to say the seventh, but I don't. Uh, Capaldi, do you think? I guess so. They're all pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. Mystery. 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 Mm, don't know. Hartnell or McCoy? Do you think? Hmm. Score Hartnell. Yeah. Okay. Who would be captain? Who's most full of themselves or has the best... Colin Baker, the sixth doctor. Okay. And um, who would get locked in? I'd say Troughton. Hang on, yeah, because I uh... Because again, I think... Uh, Yeah, you got Troughton. I think that is a good call. Davison, possibly. And maybe Jodie Whittaker, actually. No, I'm going to go with you. I think Troughton's a good call for that one. Yeah, I think so. And Sonia said, if you had to give each doctor their own signature cocktail slash boozy beverage, what would they get? I'm thinking Hartnell. Uh, I'm picturing like a pint of bitter, but in one of those traditional glass tankards. See, right, I, I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'm gonna find this one a bit of a struggle because I don't really drink. But um, see, I think with Hartnell's doctor, I think uh, the. I'm thinking Hartnell himself, though. Hmm. Maybe I'm doing this all wrong. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So you're thinking of the actual him, him as a person rather than the doctor. Hmm. But she said it gave each doctor. See, I think the first doctor wouldn't even touch a drop. But David Bradley's doctor would. Yeah, but I, <laughs> he doesn't count. Doesn't count. Um, and with uh, twice upon a time, isn't it? Isn't the bra- is it brandy in the TARDIS? And that's just the disc so. world, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. And there's a whole thing of it was uns- anyway. Yeah. No, I don't know what it is. I, I've always thought Hartnell's Doctor wouldn't even touch a drop. Right. So no drink. Yeah. For for me, I would say no drink. But you would say bitter. Yeah. But it goes for a pint. Mm. <laughs> um, Troughton. Struggling with this one. I think just a pint of beer. Yeah. Pertwee. I think... Like port, I don't know. Weird. Yeah, oh, yeah, actually, port is a good call. Or... Um, mm, I was going to think, you know, sort of like a, a really nice Italian red wine. Um, Maybe. No, but I th- yeah, I think you've nailed it on the, the head with it. Yeah, I'll say port. Um, Tom Baker. I happen to know he himself likes a bit of red. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. I think with him, he would go for a French red wine. Um, Nothing particularly fancy. You know, maybe a decent Bordeaux or something like that. But I think just a nice, hearty French red wine to go with like a a hearty meal, like a stew or something like that. That's what what I think the fourth doctor would have. Mm. So, Davison, I researched and I found a, a celery-based cocktail, a Waldorf daiquiri with celery and rum. See, that's... A, yeah, yeah. You've done really well to research that, because I didn't even know that... You know, uh, 
Um, cause I, or, you know, you could say, well, maybe you would have had a Bloody Mary because sometimes you can have celery with that. Um, mm. It's a good call, Rob. The thing that's thrown me with that is I can't see his doctor drinking rum. That's the only thing. Mm. Um, but then I'm really struggling with his doctor. I'm thinking... I don't think he would go for anything particularly heavy. Like, would no. he go for a white wine spritzer? Well, he'd probably get ID'd. <laughs> he probably, yeah, probably would. Or, um, or would he... I don't know. Or Snowball? Hmm. I'm struggling with that one. Yeah, maybe pass. Wouldn't come back, possibly. Yeah, yeah, okay. Colin Baker. Now, you mentioned the Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of a Bunny Mary? <laughs> no, I haven't. What on earth is that? Carrot juice <laughs> instead of tomato <laughs> juice. Yeah, but he doesn't like it. He doesn't like carrot juice. Yeah, but, you know, he, he, he'd get forced to drink it. Yeah, Mel will uh, force yeah. it down his neck. Yeah. McCoy. Now, you're gonna have to like search your memory. Weren't you next to him when he got a drink? <laughs> well, we were sitting in the bar and he walked past. But uh, didn't he just um, uh, stand next to the? You know, he just taking some time and standing next to the the river. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would the Seventh Doctor have? Do you think he'd go for a whiskey? Like a single malt whiskey? Possibly. Um, we might like something. Um, would he put, you know, the whole thing of sugar in your tea? Would he go for something sweet? Oh, like a, de- <laughs> like a dessert wine. <laughs> <laughs> or like a sugary cocktail. What about McGann? Would he be on the whiskey? Yeah, he... he- yeah, possibly. Or what do you think of white wine? Ooh, yeah. Let's go with a, dr- a dry white. Yes, yeah, yeah, a dry white wine. Yeah. There you go. Eccleston, I was thinking maybe on the Jaeger bombs. Yeah, Jaeger. Oh, just just a lager. Just a lager. <laughs> just a lager. <laughs> corners. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> would it be Newcastle or maybe sort of like some Nuki Brown or or Special Brew <laughs> well it's funny you should mention that uh, because David Tennant mm. I've put the Tennant Lager which is a signature lager in Scotland yeah yeah, we'll, we'll go for that one. Yeah, I totally buy that. Yes, the tenant lager for for uh, Tenant's Doctor. He was probably named after it because the tenant's just his actor name. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what should we call him? Uh, pick up this can. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Smith. I couldn't decide on this, so I asked my wife earlier, and she said an apple teeny. What's in that? It's like a martini with apples. I don't know. See, this is the thing as well. I can't really picture his doctor even drinking. Hmm. He would definitely get ID'd. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, he would. No ID, no sale. Yeah, exa- yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't even get served. Mm. Yeah. Capaldi? Do you picture him on the three litre, three litre bottles of White Lightning or. <laughs> Did I just. Um... Hmm. See, I think, you know, with him, 
It depends on which, like, which season you're talking about, because I think you know, it could progress. Like, he could start off with, you know, enjoying just a nice traditional ale, mm-hmm. and then by Is the he just going to you know, go full on alcoholic. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. He doesn't go full alky. No, but then because he lightens up, he moves away from sort of like a traditional strong ale to something a bit lighter. But then, oh, hang on, haven't you got dark and light ales? So maybe we just do that. You start off on a dark ale. It goes to the pale ale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whitaker. I was thinking maybe vodka and coke. Because she likes, she likes the vodka, but she still needs a mixer. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Shooty Gatwa. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about him, actually. I know that he's in a popular series, and a lot of people who have been watching it and have seen him act are, are raving about his casting. For me, he's a complete unknown. And I don't even know what type of doctor he's going to be playing. Mm. Um, I haven't I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> oh, hang on. What about, like... For Matt... Hang on, I'm going to go back to Matt Smith for a second. I think he'd drink a shandy. Oh, yeah. There we go. What about for um, Shooty Gatwa? He's in sex education. Um, why don't we give him Mark Cockrum's favourite? He likes an orgasm. I was going to say, or sex on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. I think that's it for listeners' questions. <laughs> Question time over. Is it cauliflower soup? It's not. I mean, no. I can only say yes and no. Uh, mm. No. At the risk of turning everyone's brains into soup, I'm just going to crack on and go through my long notes of time heist. Um, if it starts getting boring, Liam, just crack the whip and say, come on, Rob, move on. So mm. the episode opens, oddly enough, with the Capaldi Vortex. Minstroni! Is that Minstroni soup? Not Minstroni. Yeah. Uh, we see the Capaldi Vortex, and oddly enough, we, do we even see Vortex travel in this era? No. I don't think we do, actually, now that you come to mention yeah. it. Let me think it. I thought it was odd that it was inserted here. Oh, well. Clara's getting ready. She's got a date mm-hmm. with Danny. I like her outfit. Yeah, yeah, she looks great. The phone rings. Uh, on the TARDIS and the Doctor mentions uh, the woman in the shop had his number which we know is Missy mm-hmm. that's back from the Bells of St. John yeah I've, you know I've only ever seen that once same yeah. think it was good no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I haven't <laughs> uh, was that a season was that series 7 is that that weird series that they uh, they split in half? Yeah, it must be. Is that the one where he's on a motorbike going up the shard? Yes, I think it is. I yes. don't remember why. I don't really want to know why. Yeah, it's because I know that it's it's the great intelligence, and they're housed in the shard. Um, but I don't understand why he can't take the lift or something. Yeah, I can't remember the exact reasons why. Yeah, bikes are cool. Yes, they are. Yes. 
Oh, hang on. It's not something rank like beetroot soup. It's not beetroot soup. Oh, well, I'm pleased about that. Okay. Good. So the doctor answers the phone, and suddenly he's holding the memory worm, which is pretty freaky. So we're introduced to two new characters. We have Sai with a P, uh, the augmented human, and we have Sabra, the mutant human, who can change her appearance when she touches people's DNA. They hear recordings of themselves agreeing to have their memories wiped. They watch a bit of a briefing with the architect, which um, I can give spoilers here. If, if people are here, they've seen the episode, surely. Am I right to think that, Liam? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the architect is the doctor. So they learn all about the bank of Carabraxis and how they're going to rob it. Hmm. So the story kind of, would you say it hits the ground running? Yeah, yeah. It just gets Definitely. moving pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. The security's closing in and the security guards get their memories wiped by the worms. Why on earth did they pick them up? That's yeah. That just doesn't add up. Yeah, because they look pretty gross. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we see Miss Delfox, head of bank security, and she's not happy. And she releases the teller, a, a mysterious figure in a gassy tank. <laughs> After running off, the doctor stops. Um, to figure out who the two people are. Sai explains he was in prison and he's a hacker. Sabra can mimic people when she touches them. And she also wears a hologram shell too to mimic their clothes. Uh, they're walking through the bank and there's a security lockdown and Miss Delfox arrives escorting the teller. And they approach some guy. The teller reads his mind before turning it to soup. Hmm. So, Liam, what's your favourite soup? Um, <laughs> I love that segue. Um, I really... Uh, there is a, a butternut squ- you know, homemade butternut squash I quite like, but I think nothing beats just a really nice... It's got to be thick, um, chunky vegetable soup. Mm. Just hearty and warm, and you get all the nutrients and stuff. Yeah, I like a bit of homemade soup. In mm-hmm. um, I do it in the slow cooker occasionally. I haven't done it in a long time, actually. But I've been known to set the set the slow cooker away and set the timer on the bread oven and then go out and just come back and it's all ready. All right. Uh, yeah, vegetables, good. How uh, about you? Um, if it's out of a tin, I'd say... Cream of tomato. If it's a mm. fresh one out of a, like a carton or a tub, I'd probably. I mean, tomato and basil is nice, but I'd probably go with a, a vegetable or carrot and coriander is nice. Yes, yeah, yeah. That is really nice, car- carrot and coriander. That's definitely one of my favourites. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't eat meat now, but as a kid, I used to love tinned chicken soup. Mm-hmm. That was good. Uh, pumpkin soup's quite nice. I haven't had that. Yeah, I recommend that. Mm. I did ask Twitter, and Mark said, my wife makes a really awesome butternut squash soup with a hint of chilli. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Mm. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't think Mark likes spicy stuff that much. But yeah, sounds good. Um, Sonia replied to that. I already messaged Rob my answers, but this would be my third favourite. Wow, I'm quite impressed with someone who's got a sort of like a, they've listed their favourite soups. Um, yes. Actually, going back to Sonia, it's not a type of noodle soup that she likes, is it? No. Mm. It's going to be something really obscure, isn't it, now? Because I feel like I've gone through all the major vegetable soups. Yeah. I can't think of anything. Well, uh, Matt also commented on that. He said, chicken and sweet corn from the Chinese. Never had Chinese soup. I've had, um, this is years ago, I've had shark fin soup. Uh-huh. Um, which I enjoy, but it, it did have a slightly odd texture. Like I'm not talking about the, the, the actual, like the actual liquid of the soup. It just, it, um, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit odd. And the fact I've only had it once is proper. Yeah, where have, where was this from? Oh, I've forgotten the name of the restaurant now. It was, um, it might have had Neptune in the title. It's one of the, um, you know, Chinatown, Rob. Yeah, it, it's like. It, I, it's like one of the well-respected Chinese restaurants there. Oh, I've come right. for the life of me remember what it was called because it was many years ago. King Neptune? I don't know. I've only ever been to the lesser respected ones. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> hmm. Why would a Chinese restaurant be called King Neptune? Doesn't seem very Chinesey to me. No. Or maybe they, prob- they, um, I'm probably they, get mixed, they bought mixed out up. King Neptune and just kept the name. But Maybe. if it's in Chinatown, King Neptune would have to predate Chinatown. Yeah. That's so how long's Chinatown been there? I don't know. I'll have a look. Um, it's one of the... There's not many Chinatowns in the UK as well. I know Manchester's definitely got one. Uh, Chinatown, Newcastle. Historic area of Newcastle with many Chinese restaurants and shops, as well as an elaborate arch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does have an elaborate arch. Yeah, but the arch was is fairly recent uh, compared to the rest of Chinatown. There's a wiki page. This will this will uh, clear this up. All right. Okay. Chinatown in Newcastle is a district of Newcastle Tyne located in the west of the city, on the edge of the shopping and commercial centre blah 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 it is one of the five Chinatowns in England with the other four belonging to London, Birmingham, Manchester and Liverpool alright okay would Uh, you describe it as being in the west of the city? well it's more near where you'd head over to the west end yeah, but I still, I see, I still regard it as being in the city centre. I mean, well, just on the outskirts of it. Yeah, it pretty much is, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was on the west side. Wow, Wikipedia's got something wrong, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I would say it was more in the city centre, personally. It doesn't say when it, uh, how long it's been there, though. Let's have a look. It probably does. The first Chinese restaurant in Newcastle, the Marlborough Cafe, opened in Scotswoods Road in... 1949. Oh, wow, okay. Another four restaurants opened in 62. 
The first business to open there was a Chinese supermarket. Now the Wing Hong store. Yeah, that, yeah I was going to say that's, still, that's definitely still there, yeah. yeah. Followed by many other businesses. In 1988, businesses along the street uh, are, were allowed to have signs in Chinese as well as English. 22 Chinese-style lanterns are installed there uh, to replace the existing streetlights in 2008. Hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. And the arch was built in 2004. I didn't realise it was as recent as that. I thought it was the late 90s. All right, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I thought it was put there like 98 or something. So where were we up to? The super tangent. So back to time heist. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Ms. Del Fox realizes that that they've apprehended the wrong person. She's worried she'll be fired. Never a good thing. The gang enter a safety deposit room, and after looking at the schematics, the doctor concludes they have to blow a hole in the floor. Mm. The doctor sets a charge and quietly blows a hole in the floor. Dimensional shift bomb very quiet thing after going down they managed to restore the hole down below they have a case waiting for them and it contains a bunch of strange devices the intruder alarm is triggered and Sai has a charge Clara talks with Sai about why he would have deleted his family's memories I suppose I must have loved them he tells her she finds this a bit shocking um, is that a bit of foreshadowing for the the hybrid memory wipe that we get eventually? Seems reminiscent. It does. It never crossed my mind, actually. Um, I mean, I may be completely wrong. I don't think... Um, well, what's his name, Rob? Sai. No. The writer, Stephen Moffat. Oh, um, that's him. Uh, I don't. I don't think Stephen Moffat. Maybe. I mean, I, I may be completely wrong in this, but I don't think he thought that far ahead. No, but because actually, what, what, yeah. wasn't there? Um, wasn't originally Clara going to potentially end, uh, leave the series earlier? Oh right, okay. Um, but there was a last-minute decision, and. It was then decided, oh, she'll actually be in a, a series longer than was initially planned. Right. That rings a bell. I'm sure that's true. Oh, well, I'm reading something in nothing then, maybe. <laughs> so, Sabra tells the Doctor she knows he was um, lying about not knowing what the devices were. Mm-hmm. They're an exit strategy of sorts, he says. So, that's interesting. Sabra can uh, read people well because she's copied a lot a lot of faces yeah i i like that scene it later turns out to have quite a big impact later on because it allows the doctor to work out what's going on but the scene in of itself i think is quite nice Mm. uh where it's just those two and the doctor saying you know how did you know i was lying and you know she explains well because i've had you know i've had so many faces over the years i'm able to read them and then that leads into the conversation about um you know she you know she feels alone because no one can enter a relationship with her because no matter who she touches she'll always look like them and the you know and everyone that she's been with uh met um seeing you know having their own eyes look eyes look back at them yeah. um 
you know, is very disquieting. And there's a lot, you know, for some, you know, with the situation, there's a lot of truth in that. So, um, yeah, I like that scene an awful lot. Mm. And I guess you could say a similar thing about the Doctor. Um, if he has had a lot of faces and he's maybe quite perceptive of stuff. But that's got nothing to do with the whole looking in, looking in the eye thing. Mm-hmm. Could you trust someone that looks back at you with your own eyes? <laughs> no, I'd be wondering why they got my own eyes. Yes. <laughs> I'm picturing you giving lots of funny glances in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so the gang comes across a cell containing the man with that soup bowl head. He's been kept. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then they run off when the alarm sounds and then, you know, coincidentally find themselves in the teller's room. It locks onto Clara's mind and she tries to block it by clearing her own mind, uh, which sounds quite hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wakes up and fully locks onto Sabra instead. So she decides to kind of commit suicide rather than become a Super Bowl head. Um, so, I mean, the, the Doctor barely hesitantly gives her the device mm-hmm. so she can use it. Um, so some, some self-sacrifice there. Yeah. Which is a big thing. Uh, well, I guess it was the only choice given the alternative. Yeah, she yeah. Gonna, she was going to lose her mind. Um, yeah, that's a big decision. The gang runs off into the corridor, but the teller um, is soon released to pursue them. The gang have a new package from the architect, and Clara has um, a card with vault references. Did you just? Did she just get that at this scene? I I didn't see her like pick it up. She just had it. Get what? Sorry. She had a like a business card with um, references inside the vault. Oh yes, um, yeah. When I was watching this episode, I, um, I I struggled a bit to remember where she picked that up from. So I thought, oh, maybe I blinked and I missed it. Yeah, that's what maybe I thought. She- yeah, maybe she... Because um, I thought, oh, it's, I must have missed that. Maybe it was in the second uh, case that they opened. But, no, yeah. So it, it wasn't just me then. Yeah, maybe there was something cut or something. Yeah, I, I no, didn't maybe. think it was particularly obvious where she got that from. No. And it seemed pretty important as well. Yeah, unless it was already in her pocket mm. before their, their memories were wiped. But, yeah, I don't remember oh, yeah. seeing her pick it up or anything. So, Sai stays to unlock the vault while the Doctor splits up with Clara and runs off. The teller catches up with Clara and begins to make, um, yeah, tries to turn her into soup. So, Sai offers a distraction, just like Sabre did, um, Mm -hmm. sacrificing himself. He... Offers a memory of loads of bad guys as well as a distraction at some point. Um, so in the bank, computer files, Sensorite, Androvax, um, John. Yeah, John Hart from Torchwood. Um, 
Yeah, even a weevil from Torchwood. All right, okay. The trickster from Savage Adventures. Right. Yeah. A Slitheen, Ice Warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sai gives a sad farewell. Um, about people you love and people missing you, flashing before your eyes before you die. But he has no one because his memories were wiped. And then he uses the device on himself. Mm-hmm. Clara and the Doctor arrive at the vault door, but it's still locked. So the Doctor looks for a way to open the final lock, but no luck. Um, he s- still believes that the architect will have planned a way for them to break through um, into the vault. Do you think it's a bit odd that he's putting his faith in an ominous figure who has put them in a mysterious situation? Um, yes and no. Uh, everything, because at this point, everything's been pre-planned uh, and everything's been sort of working to the architect's plans. So from that perspective, it makes sense uh, that the Doctor would think that. But obviously, we will later find out who the architect is. It was the Doctor. Mm. Um, So you could go, well, instinctively, even though he doesn't specifically know at that point it's him, there's maybe a deep-down instinct of working it out. I think it works on that level as well. Right, okay. A storm breaks out, interfering with the electricals. So how could the architect know the storm would appear. Is he a weather forecaster? That would be the more sensible conclusion, but no, he must be a time traveller. And so the vault unlocks itself. So perfect timing. So the pair look for the vault references on Clara's convenient card. So for Sai, they find something to restore his memories. For Sabre, a gene suppressant to make her normal again. And before they could find their own stuff, the pair are found by the teller and brought um, back before Miss Delfox. So after having a bit of a chat, uh, she sentences them both to death and leaves. Um, But, you know, the two guards turn out to be Sai and Sabre. Do you think you would have been surprised at this when you first watched it? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, if memory serves, I don't think it was. I thought because current Doctor Who doesn't really deal with death. You know, no one really dies in it. And I think it was it was obvious that they, even though it was sort of built up in a, in a way that maybe these devices are, you know, it, the only way out is to kill, you know, is basically to top yourself. Um, I, I didn't think, no. I thought it was obvious that. They the were guards would turn out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't ruin the episode. No. It's all part <laughs> of the fun. But um, yeah, I wasn't surprised. Were you? Nah, no. <laughs> so yeah, the two guards turn out to be Science Sabre. So he gives them what, uh, what they were after, the things they found in the vault. So they then proceed to the pri- private vault down below. Uh, where there's loads of fancy artifacts and it turns out that Carabraxis herself looks just like Miss Delfox and seemingly a clone. The Doctor then has a thought. Sabred said, how could you trust someone when you look 
back at them with your own eyes earlier on. And the Doctor knows one thing about the Architect. He hates him. Um, he's overbearing, manipulative. He likes to think that he's very clever. He gives Carabraxis his telephone number and writes, I'm a time traveller on there. Then he picks up a few... Sorry, she picks up a few valuable things and leaves. And the Doctor tells her to give him a call sometime. Um, she'll be old and full of regret for the things that she can't change. So he says that the only way to get his memory back um, would be the turning his brain to soup. So the teller helps to unlock his memories and he can see what actually happened. So we get a bit of a flashback of all the events that we didn't see. Mm-hmm. How Carabraxis called him when she was very old and so on until he pretended to be the architect. So yeah, this whole elaborate thing of changing his voice. And now they have six people and six teleporters so the whole thing was a rescue mission. And then they go and free the creatures to a, a peaceful land. So do you think that was a good like conclusion to the story? Yeah, I think it was uh, It was quite satisfying. It was, um, yeah, I think it worked, you? Yeah. It was all right, yeah. <laughs> Clara goes off on a date and, um, yeah, the doctor's pretty happy that she- he gave her a better time. He said, like, robbing a bank. Robbing a whole bank. Beat that for a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was Time Heist trying to copy a film in particular? Um, I don't think it's sort of like copying, but, I mean, it has... It, it is very reminiscent of the things like Ocean's Eleven. Uh, but also a TV series called Hustle. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether if you remember that. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the the flavour it has. Maybe more toward... Uh, I don't know, maybe sort of like a balance between the two, two of those things. But yeah, it definitely has that. So before we go on to listener feedback, do, should we have one final round of the soup of the day? <laughs> I think you'd have to put me out my misery, Rob, because that, I, I can't think of... Um, I'll tell you what, why don't we give you multiple choice? Oh, right, okay. Okay, seems fair. I'll give you Sonia's top three soups. Okay. Okay. We have Portuguese chicken soup. Mm-hmm. We have caldo verde, which is Portuguese green soup, or sometimes called kale soup. Or we have butternut squash soup with a hint of chilli. Um, what was so, the first one? Portuguese chicken soup. Now, you've collected a lot of facts tonight. Yeah, I, th- I think... Uh... Right, I think the... F- so, I think her favourite soup... What was the second one? Um, Portuguese green soup, sometimes called kale soup. Yeah, I'm going to go for that one. That's correct. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I w- unless it was for that movie choice, there's no way in a million years I would have got that. I would have got that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's why I thought we'll have to end on the multiple choice. 
I was thinking. I, I mean, she may like butternut squash with uh, with chili, but that was Mark's favourite. Yes. Yeah. We established earlier on that it's a, a type of vegetable soup, so that ruled out the chicken one. It so, did. Yeah. Very clever. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Cockrum said, "I really enjoyed this one. The direction is very reminiscent of Hustle, which, ah, is, right, which yeah. is no bad thing." Mm-hmm. I like the guest cast and would have loved to have seen them return for another story. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sonia said, I'm so excited. I really enjoyed this one. It's fun. I think it's well directed. The mm-hmm. teller is a very cool concept. Capaldi and Jenna Coleman are all are awesome in this. And I usually am not as keen on Clara. No, neither am I. I recently found out that the actor who plays Cy plays Anthony Bridgerton, and I realised that's why the Bridgerton guy looked so familiar. This is definitely an episode I'd turn on for a fun and easy watch. Do you think it's got like a re- rewatch factor for you, Liam? Oh yeah, definitely, because it's um, it's an awful lot of. I, I, I think it's a nice, enjoyable romp. Um, it's you know it's got some nice tense moments in it, um, and even though you know you you know exactly how it's going to play, it, it still works out thanks to um, the direction. Mm. Uh, there's uh, you know there's 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 humour in it. It's it's not overly played, but it's it, you know it, there's enough in there. I, I love all the scenes to begin with. You know when when Clara's um, you know getting ready for her date, going you know what do I look like? You know the whole conversation about um, the makeup and. Uh, that punchline of course, you know, getting excited for you know looking for a shelf, all that stuff I love. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely has uh, a lot of repeat value for me, just because I think it's a it's a very uh, it's a good story, very entertaining, um, yeah, just immensely enjoyable. John Lane said a huge amount of fun, loved it. You could feel the commitment to the cool heist genre all mm-hmm. the way through. Yeah. I'd love to see more of this kind of genre crossover. Hmm. Who Time said, underrated, a lot of fun. No, Clara, that's soup. With a little um, emoji. Love the teller. Glad I have a beautiful custom sitting on my shelf. Thanks to NDW Designs. And he did share a video of the teller custom action figure so you can you can search that if you you just search the teller custom action figure that should come up that's actually all the responses we got Liam yeah I think uh, well even though just a handful I think it's it's, I think it's it's clear that uh, a lot of people still um, you know enjoy this episode I do think it's underrated Uh, I agree with that um my because funny enough, uh, my favorite Capaldi story, which we reviewed earlier, is from the series series, which is uh, Mummy on the Orient Express. Mm. Um, and there was a time I just thought, oh, did I miss a trick of not picking Time Heist? No, no, I'm still happy with the choice. But Time Heist is uh, it is very good, a lot of fun, and I definitely agree. I think it was Mark Cochran who said um, really like uh, really likes the characters in this and would have loved to have seen them return. I totally agree with that. Uh, in terms of the writing and definitely the actors. We did a poll and we asked, how would you rate Time Heist? Good, average or bad? 56% good, 
30% average, 12% bad. Oh, okay. That's uh, I, w- I would have thought more people would have said a good. It seemed, I mean, I know the have, but I thought higher than that. It, uh-huh. Yeah, it's a bit more divided than I thought. Okay. Hmm. Uh, how would you rate it? Uh, I think it's good. Okay. You? I feel like I must have missed something because I'd have to rate it average. No, no, that's fine. Because, I mean, when I say it's good, it's sort of, you know, the lower end of good. I think it just... Because <laughs> I, um, I get where you're going coming from, actually. The, the, but I find it it just sort of tips over in a good just because I re- really it comes down to the characters, I think, more than anything. Is, is the main thing. I mean, the whole the, the whole story is enjoyable, but in some respects, it could be seen as, as lightweight. Really, what makes although I, I love the the whole concept of the teller, um, and and what the teller is able to do, and and that threat, I think, it works really well. Um, and even though there's there's a case of reusing sets, just with different lighting. Um, For this uh, this bank in particular. Yeah, um, you know when they're approaching the vault, um, but I don't mind that. I didn't felt like it took me out of the viewing experience. Um, so th- yeah, I think it's it's very well put together. But really, it comes down to I, I do like the humour, as I said before, and really it does come down to the characters. So it just tips over and are good for me because mm. I like the characters too much, and that's that's with because I totally agree. In fact, I'm sure we've discussed this before. I'm not a massive fan of Clara either nothing towards the actress it's the, the character i have a problem with yeah um she wasn't that annoying in this one <laughs> no well she wasn't at all um you know she, she she was good in this and actually really likable so you know everyone comes off strong in this hmm. even clara yeah <laughs> <laughs> she had a nice suit yeah yeah I'll give her that mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you've made it this far and I haven't turned your brain into soup, thank you very much. And you'll be glad to know that next week, Liam will be taking command of the podcast again. So, Liam, um, what on earth are we discussing next week? Um, right, so um, I had this idea of, of wanting to, to review uh, season 18, which was Tom Baker's final season. Um which we're doing, but I decided to include some of the the big finish audio adventures uh, in that. So doing an extended season eighteen um, thing. Um, what did you call it, Rob? You came up with a quite good title oh, for it. Was it? it? Yeah, extended season eighteen anthology. That was the one. Yes. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Um, and trying to. I mean, I'm listening to the these big finish audio adventures for the first time. So, um, but trying to attempt some sort of chronology to it. So, uh, we reviewed uh, two Big Finish Audio Adventures and we were going to be continuing that before we even get to the Leisure Hive. Uh, So, um, for the next podcast, we'll be uh, reviewing two Big Finish Audio Adventures. The first is called The Silent Scream. Good title. Yeah. And the uh, the second story we're reviewing uh, is called Death Rass. Cool. And were they released close to each other? Uh, yes, I think they were. I think probably... A, I can't remember now. I remember I did uh, look at the release dates. I think probably in a sort of 
a month of each other. I think. Oh right, okay, bro. Well, I did. I've listened to the first half of the first of those stories. Okay. But I'll, I'll get all caught up for next week. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Anything else before we go, Liam? Maybe uh, some, some social reminders. We're on facebook.com slash close to bell. Mm-hmm. Instagram at um, <laughs> <laughs> Instagram close to underscore bell. Is that right, Liam? Uh, Maybe. <laughs> Twitter at podcast bell. And we are on patreon.com forward slash close to bell too. It's uh, close to underscore bell. That's it for close. Instagram. Yeah. Is that what I said? Uh, much. Yeah, I probably. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, yes. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no.